0: This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years experience in the Maryland PA region. And on this beautiful October day, I also have with me the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage, the man with all the money, the myth, the legend. Mr. Terry Kernan. Hey, what's up? How we doing? I love it. You got the I got I got the flag on there. I got, got the, the flag.
2: I got the uh, um, the American flag and the Irish flag.
1: That's it. That's what we are the, the Riderless
2: Irish Cup. People. The Riderless Cup is my brother used to play in.
1: Ah, the Riderless so Cup. This is a
2: hat from the Riderless Cup. Love that, it. Uh, my brother and eleven of his buddies would go to Ireland every other year to play twelve Irish guys in a Ryder Cup format. So this is one of the hats from the
1: nice events. Yeah. Old school, baby.
2: How are you doing? Everything good?
1: Yeah, we're doing great. Good to see everybody. I just want to remind everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in as always with our whole entire listening audience. Terry and I want to thank you. Um, make sure you guys like subscribe, hit the bell. Ring a friend, tell the cat, tell the dog, tell the neighbors and everybody about our program. We really appreciate it, and uh, we get a lot of good interaction and comments and things like that because this is a hot thing that's happening right now with any... Changes go in the market. And since we're on Facebook Live right now, you can definitely put in your comments in there and we'll see those as well. Or you can call in at any time, 301 694 9363 here at WFMD.com. And all of our past programs are on my website, DarrenAhern.com, and also on WFMD.com in the drop down. We have Terry. We're now, we have. Um, three hundred and twenty seventh program today. Here we go.
2: 327.
1: Three twenty seven. Three twenty seven. Here we go. That is. Amazing. It's almost catching up with inventory. Cause let's go into that. All right. Total active three hundred and forty seven. It is growing, boys and girls. There was a time when we were worried about if we'd ever get above three hundred, and not only are we above three hundred, Terry, we're about ready to break three five zero. So, nothing out of the ordinary that's crazy. One of the things I want to mention that's important about this that we do get calls about is when is it going to be a buyer's market? Never. (laughs) That's a great (laughs) answer. I love it. Never. That's
2: what it feels like.
1: Never. It's never going to be a buyer's market. It's been like that forever. Um, We really have to get inventory to be like, like double, almost triple to get to that kind of level like that. Um, But we are in a market Terry, where it does make sense and I'm dealing with it first time ever in about, well, first time in three years where I've had a property on the market for almost two weeks now. So we're either in that market still where you are either price, condition, offering closing help, uh, being priced aggressively or giving a 2-1 buy down or warranties and a whole bunch of other things. You're either in a position um, that you're going to get an offer, multiple offers, hopefully in the first week or so or you're going to be on the market a lot longer and some of that's seasonal uh but most of it's not so we're going to talk about that we want to know your thoughts on that what you're what you're seeing out there so, in that regard or, or feeling experiencing because terry i know we have listeners that aren't getting their homes sold i'd uh, love give me a call i'll give you free advice ideas and things like that or you can go back to our programs go ahead so
2: what is the sales price on this home is oh, this the eight hundred thousand? Uh, yeah, $800, 000 $800, 000 okay. Seven seven okay. seven
1: eighty it's on the higher price range um but prior ice range is just really weird right now it just is so,
2: okay so, yeah so, so that's part of the reason or a big part of the reason oh, yeah, is, big one. is it's in the price range
1: you yeah. start getting into that five thousand dollar a month mortgage payment that starts to be capital f-u-n for anybody with money is that right
2: mm-hmm. do
1: you see many mortgages above five thousand terry
2: above five five, 5 thousand a
1: month mortgage payment yep well e-
2: so in our market, it's not that prevalent. Yeah. And when I say our market, I'm talking about the Frederick County, Washington County, Northern Montgomery County, uh, into Montgomery County. Um, you don't see it that much. Now, where do you see it? Uh, mid Montgomery County, South, going yes. into Bethesda, oh, Potomac. Yeah. Then you're looking at the you know the the five thousand guys where where every house is going to start you at a million dollars. Yeah. So right. But. $3,000 is kind of the becoming the norm. And, and and for somebody that, you know, I've been in the same house, Mary and I, you know, like I've said, I don't like change. I have the same wife for 35 years, the same <laughs> house for 30, the same children for 34 years. In the same job for 24 years, so yeah, I don't. I don't car. like change. Okay,
1: same car 30 uh, years. You driving a 30 year old vehicle out there? <laughs> well, I've, I've had a, quite it's a got few that of those. Historic thing on the bottom of the lace plate.
2: That's the only thing I've changed. <laughs> That's the only thing I've changed. But but the bottom line is is I'm so accustomed to paying well under three thousand dollars. Oh yeah. And I can't imagine you know my kids or your kids or anybody's kids <laughs> coming out of the gate and having to pay two thousand to three thousand dollars where it just seemed you know it's crazy two years ago it was just a different ball
1: game it but. sure was it's like a rent payment now all right so resales Terry we're above 200 we have 204 remember the time we were under a hundred Terry remember that yeah day? you remember that yeah it was yeah. like
2: it was like 90 something or yeah. 80 something. Yeah, yeah it was 89. Incredible.
1: We were like, whoa, what's going on? All right, 41 days is the average time in the market of the resale. So that's been actually hanging tight overall. And a lot of that simply is, is because uh, some of it's seasonal. Most of it's because um, we the, the we don't have a lot of homes coming into the market. And at least half of them or more are still going under contract within one week. So it's almost as if that is the push. It's pushing down time on the market, but if that becomes the majority, that's just going to shoot through the roof, but we don't see that happening right now. The only thing that's going to do that is going to be inventory going up, and we'll talk about that. Medium price, 516. New construction, 143 homes. Uh, Coming soon, 35. So that's lax back down. We had a little period of time. We were up in the 60s and 70s with that. Um, And then... um, Pending on contracts, 410. So here's how you look at it. If we have 347 homes for sale in the whole county mm-hmm. and 143 of them are new construction, you add those all in. We have 410 that are under contract right now. We basically have um, basically under a one-month supply of homes that is out there. So pending under contracts, uh, new ones, 173. We have more brand-new builds under contract than what's for sale. Because we have 173 in the contract right now. Now, they take time. You got to be careful because these little doggies take about six months if it's not a spec home that's already in the making and it's under contract, I mean it's already under roof and you just have to come in and pick a few little odds and ends or nothing and it's done in 45 or 60 days. You got to take that stuff out of the equation, that skews that data up, okay. We're talking about ground hasn't been broken yet, got to do permits, the whole nine yards, those are taking six to eight months to build. So in that number, it can appear to be that we have one month or less supply with brand new bills. That Terry is really not the case because they take so long to build and do. Okay, so that number is actually growing. We probably have about 2 to 3 months or more of brand new builds because of that time frame. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, resales, here we that go. Makes two, sense. 237 resales under contract pending. And um, 20 average days in the market, an average price of 449. And sold in the last uh, 30 days, this is the number I knew we were gonna have. Getting under 300. Mm-hmm. That hurts. That's ugly. 284. 284. Wow, 284. We got nine homes every day in the county going uh, to sale, sell. selling and going to settlement.
2: That's not a lot.
1: No, considering how many there's loan officers uh, There's a lot of of, f- there's a
2: lot of fish.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of fish.
2: looking for some yes. some food and there's not a lot of food coming in.
1: That's it. And so what I I think the best way to describe that real quick for everybody to understand is we have 1000 real estate agents It's going to go down. We have 1000 real estate agents in the whole county and we have more in Montgomery County, more in Washington, Carroll who do come over and they help buyers buy in Frederick County. Okay, just as me going to the same counties is for them. So it's not fair to say there's only a thousand real estate agents that are vying with buyers for these homes for sale and all that. When you have nine settlements on one day, you have probably two to three, 2,000 agents or more that are showing homes actively in the area, number one. Then you have how many title companies, Terry, how many lenders are there in Frederick area lenders helping buyers that are looking in Frederick County also. So my point is when you add all those numbers, those big block numbers together and you have nine settlements in one day when we should be having 30 to 40, that brings things in perspective right there. You should see that. So, um, 230, so here's the thing too, 36 uh, homes are typically off the market, but here's the thing we don't talk about a lot, is what about all those discouraged and upset sellers out there that they haven't got their homes sold, which in this market, still more than ever, you should never be one of those sellers that doesn't get your home sold. If you can't get your home sold in this market now, God bless you when there's double and triple the inventory and interest rates are only 7% instead of 8 you get it? Like, that's still going to be a major problem. Would you agree? It's still going to be worse. It's a worse thing than today. Uh, We have 64 homes in the last 30 days. So, every day, two homes expire, withdraw off the market. And as a good real estate agent, what do I do? I like to look at those and say, what's going on? Why does somebody not get this done? Nine out of ten times, this is overpriced. They didn't make a price correction. Or it could be the condition of the home. And uh, those two things pretty much deal with the factor of it. It's not... Which we hear a lot now. This is where we hear a lot now. You ready, Terry? There's just no buyers. Are you nuts? Yeah, there are buyers. There's buyers all the time. It's a matter of. Who stands out, makes the most sense for that particular home, location, inventory, condition, price, and a whole bunch of other factors that I constantly are preaching, you better pay attention to at all times. So, Terry, any thoughts? I'm going to let you start flying. Oh, sold the price ratio is 100%, by the way. We went up from 99 to 100, which means (sighs) in the last week, we've had a lot of homes that have— you know, been pretty prevalent to get under market, to get the price or higher to bridge that little gap right there. So go ahead. So
2: what I'm seeing is, you know, when they say there's no people, there's no buyers out there. uh, To me, that's wrong. Just in my office alone with my loan officers, we have hundreds of people that have been in the game to buy a house for a long period, yeah, like of time. say
1: six months, a year, yeah, 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 yeah. or longer, and, yeah. and they're not yeah. coming
2: off the sideline. The people that I'm seeing right now, uh, there's not a lot of multiple offers that I'm seeing. Okay, no. now if it's a different house, if it's priced right, if it's priced under market, but we're starting to see what I feel is the winter market. The Thanksgiving, yeah, the November 15th to January 15th market, I think came a month early.
1: I totally agree. Okay. We were actually, I was going to mention that. What's up with the seasonally thing?
2: Yeah. So, well, and I think why is because I went to Costco two weeks ago when there was Christmas decoration. So people yeah. assume
1: Thanks. that, were, that it's almost
2: Thanksgiving. So maybe they're thinking that way. No, but, but in actuality, um, I think that that winter market that we always see, from November 15th to January 15th came October 1st.
1: And I think it came Terry because it's the rates, the wait and see, we're gonna have an election year next year. Um, uh, There's rumors that my job might not be here next year. I think there's a lot of stuff going on that people are uh, processing. And there's there's not a great crazy amount of incentive either. So why, you know, it's it's like I'll give you a good example. It, it it yesterday I wanted to take my boat out up to the lake at Racetown. Gorgeous day, knowing today I had this. I was showing homes this morning already. I just wrote another offer. I'm negotiating. I'm gonna talk about it for a minute on one we got under contract. And you know, I'm I'm still pretty busy overall, but and then I saw it's gonna rain. Oh, Saturday, it's gonna rain all day. Sunday it's gonna crappy, the weather's gonna get on hill, it's gonna get rainy Oh, no, I want to go look the leaves. I want to take my boat out one last time before I can't take it out. So what do you think I did, Terry? I looked ahead at the counter and I thought, when's the next day between now and about November 10th um, that I could take my boat out that it's going to be hopefully above 60 degrees, sunny no rain i'm there baby i'm going i'll take my blanket my hot chocolate my hot cider my snacks and whoever wants to ride along with me i'm gonna go have a good time but i missed a little tiny window so it's one of those let me wait and see like okay i may have an opportunity to do this and then i may not i think the real estate market i think people are navigating through life almost with this same attitude
2: yeah and and i think you're i i think you're right um people are proceeding with caution where before they were jumping on anything because they thought that they that that, that's what they had to do now that they realize so what what i'm seeing is i'm seeing more and more talk with buy downs okay oh yeah two one buy downs and i've and i've gone over the two one buy downs and why they're coming back they're going to lower somebody's payment so somebody is going to get a lower rate which means a lower payment for the first year And then, so it's going to go, let's say, uh, five and three quarters, six and three quarters, seven and three quarters. That's the 2-1 buy down that I've talked so much about. Starting to see a tremendous amount of um, traction there. What we saw this week indicates to us that the rates are not coming down anytime soon. What did we see? We saw CPI, the Consumer Price Index, came in at 0.4. Everybody predicted, all the smart people predicted that it was going to come in at 0.3 and they were off base. Okay. Same thing with the producer price index that came at 0.6 that came in hotter than, than they were looking at. That
1: came in real hot, real hot, real hot.
2: So, but the bottom line is that a lot of it still tends towards the gas prices. So let's talk a little bit about, about inflation in order for our rates to come down, inflation, has to be at the comfort level that the um that the fed is and the fed is comfort level is two percent that means that they still have some work to do right now after the numbers that came out we're at 3.7 percent year over year that number has gradually come down that number was as high as eight percent uh 12 13 14 months ago right so that's come down gradually and it's kind of like And I can say this because I'm a big guy that I've been on 100 diets, is you reach that plateau where you lose the weight, comes down quick, and then all of a sudden, boom, you hit this plateau. We're at that plateau right now, okay? Yeah. So we're at the 3.7. It's going to hover there. And here's what we have to do in order to get it down to under 3, get it in the 2% range where the comfort level is. Number one is... We have to attack two areas, okay? And this is not me saying this. This is what they are saying, the experts. We have to attack two areas, services and shelter, okay? Okay. Those two areas are getting hit pretty hard. So what do you do when you attack the shelter? There's not a lot you can do because what's happening? Rates have gone up. So rents are following. You and I have talked on this show how rents are going up at 5% clips, okay? That's part of the consumer price index, right? So those are two areas that you say, oh, yeah, we can attack those. That'll be fine. How do you attack them? How do you get them lower? But those are going to keep us up above the 3%, okay? So without losing too many people on this, what we're taking a look at is is what's going on in Israel and and God bless everybody that's involved and I know we're not only losing Americans but we're losing people from from all walks of life all sides and and what we're seeing there is that's going to kind of um keep an eye on that okay I don't think rates are going to go up I don't think the Fed's going to raise any more Yeah that's One what everybody's asking is, me right now yeah.
1: they've heard chatter that coming up in November rate uh the interest rate hike that uh, they were proposing for the Fed to do, that Chairman Powell, they may halt that and all that. Is that is that what you're hearing? What what's you're talking Th- that, on that's it? That's
2: kind of what I'm hearing, and that's kind of what I'm feeling. Right? Okay. Yeah. It, it is is the this play out now? Yeah. So the three of the most important groups uh, that help our economy are real estate, the realtors, the mortgage lenders, and the builders. Right? Oh yeah. And we're, we cover two out of the three. And basically the three largest associations, Association of Realtors, National Home Builders, and the Mortgage Bankers Association, they wrote a joint letter to Chairman Powell and the Federal Reserve, and they said, please stop. Please stop. (laughs) You're killing us. Did
1: they use the word please? Did I, we use the word well, please? Well,
2: I, I didn't read the letter, but I'm sure they said, please listen to Terry. You know, yes. please listen to Terry and Darren's show. You obviously haven't. Yep. You can't keep raising these rates. It's hurting us, and it's going to bring us down, and it's going to pump us into a recession, and it's going to be quick, and it may not be pretty, okay? And nobody wants that. So no. so I think with the pressure that they're getting also, we're we're on the verge of this presidential election year that I've talked so much about. That there will be additional pressure. So keep an eye on keep an eye on the um, you know Israel. Keep what's going on in there, the war over there. Keep an eye on on what the Fed is going to do. And I don't think they're going to raise. The pressure has become pretty pretty hot and heavy with them. So I don't think that they're going to raise that.
1: All right. Good stuff. So, we're hanging on by a thread. Oh, we got one of our clients that Terry's doing the loan for. Um, yesterday, we just got a contract for a beautiful little equestrian farm type property where she can put her horses. Finally, got a good place up yep. in Washington County. Pretty affordable in that payment range and all that good stuff like that. Um, and being able to get the mortgage, Maryland mortgage program. What was $11,000 grant money?
2: Uh, I think, or what was it? So,
1: Yes. Somewhere near, yeah, $11,000. Yeah, 11, 11000 There you me. go. So Terry can get grant money that's still available. It's good. Um, and we so, had a
2: seller willing to pitch in some closing yeah, costs. Yeah, we got, yes, I was so, able to get closing so we're
1: cost $6,500 in closing costs help as well. So we're trying to get it to the place where this client, you put down just like $1,000 and you bring a $1,000 settlement, you own a house. If somebody says that can't be done, we just did it. I just did it, Terry and I together. That's why working as a team, we know uh, how to be able to maneuver through the markets and be able to get some of this stuff done for clients to be able to get in the best position, all that stuff. So on another note, Terry, I'm dealing with a seller. This is the big one, the one I was talking about. I told everybody that was really unusual, Terry. And from a lender point of view, I want to get your thoughts real quick on it. Um, Shared septic, both two homes, share one septic. It's It's like community septic, just like a shared driveway thing and all that and it's been there forever and all that kind of stuff like that. So if there's an issue with that, which there is, and we're working through it and you deal with holding tanks, do you have to do this? A bat system, there's a big development across, it's got woods in between it, uh, lots of land space where we could actually go ahead and try to get a variance to be able to use part of that, to be able to put in a new septic system maybe, or across the street where there's a vacant land and a farm and we could petition to be able to have the fields go over onto that side and uh, is it going to be sand what about this, that, there's a lot of things up there we've been looking at. We've been dealing with this, me and another agent here for quite a while, and it comes to the place where it looks like, you know, in the event, say, okay, well, we can offer, so the appraisal comes in, the appraisal was higher, it came in fine, no value problems, no nothing like that.
2: Did the appraiser mention the shared septic?
1: No, not at all. It wasn't in the report. It's it's not uh, mentioned. It, It is that. I haven't seen a copy of it. I don't think so. The loan's approved, ready to go. The appraisal was done. They pretty much are going to have a clear to close here in the next few days. But here's the problem. The buyer, of course, is concerned with long-term. Would we have to, worst case scenario, have to put in holding tanks for the property. And by that, now you're going to have to pay two, $300 a month to pump them out. That is going to be a cost and it affects value negatively. So looking at all options, they are asking for a credit and to reduce the price and a credit because it's a conventional loan and how much closing costs can my seller give to a buyer on a, on a conventional loan?
2: If it's less than 20% down?
1: It is less than 20% down. 3%. There you go. 3%. So now we do the 3%. Well, not a problem. We can do that. Um, the price was 25000 above the asking price. So we positioned everything really strong and good. So now what they want to do is they want closing costs help, but they, they want more than the 3%, which got it. And they want the price to be reduced as well. From a lender point of view... What the most, uh, is there any pros and cons to buyer and seller being willing and able and negotiating? Appraisal's been done, lowering the price, ain't like we got to do a new appraisal, right? What are some of the things that from a lender standpoint or or a underwriter, that would be something that a buyer and a seller needs to pay attention to?
2: Well, I I think as an underwriter, and I'm not speaking for an underwriter, but I've been doing this for 36 years. if. I'm about to clear to close a loan, mm-hmm. that everything looked fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, right before closing, the buyer comes back and renegotiates the sales price down 25000 No, and,
1: it's not going to be like that. And yeah, get a 3000
2: in closing cost. Mm-hmm. As an underwriter, when I want to redo it, I would probably ask the reason why. Did somebody not tell me something? Am I missing something? Nope. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's 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 good. And we're going to. Yeah, we've already put that out there. We have the documentation. The other thing is.
2: So have you let the the underwriter know? No, not yet. That that, that it's a shared septic?
1: No, we're there. Yeah, actually, I believe the other agent, they've already turned in all the documentation. They've already seen the listing paperwork and all the disclosures that has that in there that it's a shared system. So here's. the
2: lender seen all that.
1: Yeah, they okay. are fully aware because
2: it. It because I. The
1: lender knows. Everybody knows. It's all been disclosed. Here's the other thing. It's not just the septic thing. The we had a professional company come in and check out the pier pads on that. They have center block. Center block still Work instead of lolly columns. And that's going to be another $5,000 to do the basement work to make sure these lolly columns get put in that are the correct way to do and shore up the basement. That was never done. Plus, there's other items like a hot water tank is needed. Yeah. Um, there's other items. So it's not just one thing, there's like five things that the buyer's concerned about. So therefore, they want X amount to be nego- renegotiated because there is room to do that.
2: Okay, And that's fine.
1: Yeah, so there's all these elements, not just one thing. So everything's been disclosed. It's just a matter of today. We're going to work through the fine details of it. I'm waiting for the other agent to get that over to us. And then I'll present that to my seller and say the ultimate thing in real estate we always do is talk about the pros and cons and options. And then we say to the seller, what would you like to do? All right. And then we go from there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So 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 that's where
1: we're at. So so, that's fun. That's fun.
2: So shared septics are acceptable. Yeah. yeah. I understand. But. But you also, based on Fannie and USDA, and is they want to make sure that there's a, that there's a agreement between the sharers of the septic. Yes. A, a binding agreement that they have access. Oh yeah. And shared expenses when something goes wrong, because septic's. There's at some point. Yeah, they're gonna fail eventually. It, it's they're just gonna, gonna last forever.
1: It's like putting a car in. So, all right, we have two minutes left, Terry. One of the other things I want to talk about real quick is the house that I have. The ten hundred thousand dollars we do a two one buy down. Here's the thing that's confusing to me and probably to my sellers and everybody right now, is we offered this knowing this was probably the best thing that you could um, option to give to a buyer in, and it's really enticing. And in the last week, not quite a week, five days, we've had one other showing and they felt, you know, not because of that Uh, in general for the home and they weren't willing to offer and all that. And it wasn't really so much price, just the kitchen wasn't big enough. They said, and some other things you just can't change. So, okay, in the event that in the next week or so, no other offers come in on this house, what do you think would be the next best strategy besides a a 2-1 buy down towards, uh, for the buyer?
2: To work for the buyer, the 2-1 I mean, buy-down, other than this, the 2-1 buy-down? get an
1: offer accepted, what would you do?
2: I, I think you got to look at price. I mean, you've said it on the show, 370-some yeah. uh, shows. You've said it, probably 350 of them. Yeah, price, if, price. If it's not selling, it's price, price, price. That's it. And we're just in that market where people are uncertain. Yeah. they're, they're, they're just a lot of... You know we're we're in the Christmas market right now, and it's October fourteenth.
1: Here's the thing that always comes up this time of the year, though, Terry. You ready as we finish out the program? What if my seller says no? We don't lower the price. We're already giving a buy down. If it doesn't sell in the next two weeks, we weeks, get it towards the end of the listing agreement, or the end of the, or we get towards the holidays. What about putting it back on the market in the spring market? What do you think about that?
2: I think I think you're. Like
1: they can do better or worse.
2: Um, I think that. Mm,
1: We want to hear from you. Why don't you guys call in next week, 301-694-9363, or basically get on my site and all that, send it in. We want to hear from you. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome weekend. It's Thermont Color Fest. Come on up. 50,000 people are going to be in Thermont in the next couple days today and tomorrow. Come on up and see everybody, see the leaves, and we'll see you guys happy buying and selling
3: from your Frederick Real Estate Update. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301 695 one two three five, or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table.
2: Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick, and the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244. 301-639-9244 or you can always email me at t.kernan@presidential.com.
1: And this is Darren Ahern from RE-MAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at darrenahern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.
0: Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com. This is 930
4: WFMD and WFMD.com. Now. WFMD News. Frederick police say they will be increasing patrols at area houses of worship due to events in the Middle East. In a statement, Chief Jason Lando said the department has received no credible or specific threats to the city of Frederick, but will continue to monitor events closely and will share information with agency partners. The chief urges citizens to be vigilant and report any suspicious activities to area police so they can investigate. Residents will have a chance next month to learn more about the American Legion Bridge and I-270 corridor program. The Maryland Department of Transportation is holding open houses on this project, including one at Frederick High on November 16th. Jeff Folden is with MDOT.
1: Our staff will be there to take their uh, opinions. We'll be providing comment cards where they can
5: write them down. They can also go to our website to provide feedback through that.
4: Folden says citizens can comment on some solutions proposed for the highway, including new transit and ride-sharing options, transit-oriented development, managed lanes, and improvements to the Brunswick-Mark line.
1: We need solutions that will support all modes of travel and are accessible and can connect people to employment opportunities in the region.
4: Other open houses will be held at Bethesda Chevy Chase High on November 13th and the Doubletree Hotel on Perry Parkway in Gaithersburg on November 15th. And a Maryland judge has suspended a part of the state's new recreational marijuana law that forced some shops to stop selling hemp-derived products with intoxicating levels of THC. The Washington Post reports that Judge Brett Wilson issued a preliminary injunction on Thursday, a lawsuit filed by the Maryland Hemp Coalition and other businesses in the hemp supply chain remains unresolved. I'm Kevin McManus on Mid-Maryland's Radio News Center 930 WFMD
0: news i'm paul stevens palestinians on the move in gaza this following warnings
1: from israel ahead of what could be a major ground invasion we understand according to the israeli military that israeli infantry troops and tanks entered the gaza strip to conduct limited operations this was a two-part event they were looking for information about the hostages that were taken into gaza by hamas and second they were trying to destroy or kill any of the militants that are still along the border That's Fox's Trey Ying. Still a slow go in the House in D.C. A vote for speaker could happen again as soon as Monday. The House
5: Republican civil war continues to rage on.
0: Democratic
1: Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries there. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan now hopes to secure enough votes to become the next House speaker. America's listening to Fox News.
4: The 930 WFMD SkyScan forecast for Frederick and the surrounding counties. going to be cloudy
0: this afternoon. Showers are likely. New precipitation amounts between a quarter and a half of an inch are
4: possible. Tonight, showers low about 49. Tomorrow, Sunday, showers likely mainly before 8 a.m., mostly cloudy, high 59. Partly cloudy on Sunday night, low 44. Monday,
0: a slight chance of showers in the afternoon, mostly sunny with a high of 58. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they have got you covered. Visit PJsRoofing.com. I'm Jim Tice.
3: It's Ravens football on 930 WFMD. The Ravens
2: travel to London, England to take on the Tennessee Titans. Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Brought to you by CE Construction Services on Free Talk 930 WFMD.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Faraday County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and today our topic will be uh, strength training and conditioning and the gentleman we have with us today certainly is adverse in this topic he is the current strength and conditioning coach at hood college mr greg powers greg welcome and thank you for taking some time to be with us today
5: steve thanks for having me i, I truly appreciate the time you've taken out
0: indeed our pleasure so we'll start the beginning and and let's go and take give us uh, your trip your journey so to speak and how you ended up here at hood college
5: for sure. So, um, I'm going to rewind back uh, actually almost to high school. Um, <laughs> so, when I, um, for those who do I'm I'm only five nine. Uh, in the tenth grade, I weighed three hundred and thirty pounds. Um, so I was not a fitness guru coming out the room, <laughs> and any by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I trained and I worked really hard um, to eventually get an opportunity to walk on uh, to the football team at Howard University. Um, and there, um, you know, that started everything. Uh, my father ended up being in the hospital, uh, had to step away from football. He's, he is healthy now. Um, but in that time I was able to spend time with, uh, the strength coach at the time, Rodney Hill, who is now, um, with the Razorbacks. Um, okay. but through there, uh, got my initial knowledge, um, took some time at her performance in Virginia. Um, I was Blessed with opportunity to be at Mercer University, uh, so I went down to Georgia in the middle of COVID, and now it's just awesome. Um, after graduating from Mercer University, I got an uh, opportunity here at Hood College. I've uh, been here for two years. I'm rolling through my third year as we speak.
0: Looking back, what was the, what was it about Hood College or, and, and the Frederick area, Greg?
5: Yeah, for sure. Uh, being in Georgia really opened my mind um, to just being in different locations. I knew that I wanted to come back to Maryland um, growing up in Prince George's County. I have a little brother and sister. we have a ten year gap um, and they were still in high school at the time, their first year in college now. I knew I wanted to be around them uh you don't you know no matter what your you know your discipline is, you don't get time back, so I wanted to be around them uh hood has allowed me the opportunity to not just uh, follow what I do from an athletic standpoint but also on academics where I'm also the chair of the physical education department. Um, and most importantly, uh, spend time with my family. So it's about an hour down the street and I can still do all the things that I love. Um, Frederick is open, the people here are great. Um, the weather here is great. Um, the scenery is out of this world. So, you know, I, I appreciate being here.
0: And I'm sure they're glad that that you are here, Greg. Uh, just as a side note, okay, out of my curiosity, uh, did you go to school in PG County?
5: Absolutely. Um, in high school, I went to Riverdale Baptist.
0: Did you now? Say, I'm a Northwestern Wildcat.
5: Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. All right.
0: Now, a little further back in the days, so and we won't go into that, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm a PG County guy myself, so that's, 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 that's small
5: world, as they say. It's mm-hmm. always good to have some more while we're up. <laughs> <Yeah. thinking. laughs>
0: yeah, indeed it is, Greg. So, Looking at the strength and conditioning field today and what it takes as far as the, the collegiate athlete, what is some of the uh, maybe a typical day, so to speak, during the fall season for you uh, or some basic things that you are taking care of and uh, help with those at different athletes on those different teams?
5: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, always laugh. Um, I make jokes when people ask me, uh, what do I do? Um, I'll show them a picture of a guy just wearing a whole bunch of hats. Um, that's pretty much what we do. Um, but in a typical day, you know, we come in, uh, we roll through the door about 530 in the morning. Um, first group is at 6am, but we get there early. We want to make sure everything's set up, uh, ready to go, um, address each other, uh, make sure we, you know, we have what we need. Um, we typically have groups rolling from about 6 to about 8 a.m. Um, we'll have some gap time in there. That's when we'll do our administration work. I have two graduate assistants who are amazing, uh, Tyree Leonard from Atlanta and Mike who is actually um, a Frederick native. Um, they both are graduate assistants. They both have other respective duties. Uh, one of the things I'm very – I take with great pride is making sure that they can have their uh, work-life balance in order. Mm-hmm. So they go and do what they need to do. Um, some of us will take the morning, others take the afternoons. Uh, We have class. I like to make sure that, uh, our actual sporting coaches are in good graces and they, you know, if they have any needs that we could take care of, um, we can do that. Uh, the day to day, uh, it can vary based off with, you know, what we have going on. Um, but we try to make sure that we're lean thinking. So we're not just, um, not just working hard, but we're working smart at the Mm -hmm. same time. Okay. So
0: looking at, some of the things that you, I'm sure you're going to be involved with, a getting student athletes ready for their uh, specific season, uh, and I'm sure there's in-season in-season. Uh, exercises in a in-season program. And then I'm sure you're also involved with any possibly rehab where kids are are trying to get back, get stronger again and get back. So how does, how do you balance that? And what is some of the things you have set up?
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing is that we have to have a plan coming into the semester. Um, So no matter what the team is, every team we do is called a needs analysis. So we need to see exactly where that team's at, where they've been and where we need to take them um, from off season to end season, or if they are a fall sport from in season to off season. Um, so with that, one of the big things that we're going to do is if it's off season, um, we're doing the Hollywood, like we're, we're getting them ready. We're training them hard. We're holding the standards of our department. Also the, um standards that the sporting coach would want um but far as the training standpoint again it, it's based off the needs um freshmen the first year they come in we just need to make you a better human um a lot of people they want to drive the ferrari without getting their driver's license <laughs> yeah. like we need <laughs> you know we yep. you know we need to get you to move well all the maxes and all the you know, the yelling that you hear, um, that doesn't matter if you can't move. We want you to be a good athlete, not a power lifter, not a bodybuilder. Though we have our student athletes who are still those, we want you to be good at your sport. Um, So that that takes presence over everything else. Uh, We hammer away um, nutrition, sleep, um, and then the point of consistency. We're not here to make you, you know, crawl out of the gym. We make sure, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not about, people love to work hard, but at the end of the day, it's about what you can recover from. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a, you know, same thing for, you know, general population. You know, if you work 15 hours a day, I don't think you're going to be training the same intensity as someone who only worked five. Right. So we want to make sure that we build that engine. So once we're in season, we're going to cut back what you do in the weight room because you're getting all of that stress, all that volume from practice, from the stress of life. Because it's not just about the body; it's also about the brain. And- so we want to make sure that we're thinking about all those things in uh, the off season, how it bleeds through going into the end season. We won't introduce anything too new in season because soreness comes from either doing too much or something that you wasn't, you know, you, you wasn't exposed to before. So we want to make sure we keep it simple. Um, and you're not going to see something in season from us uh, that you didn't see in the off season.
0: Gotcha. And uh, sort of a segue there, uh, Greg. There's going to be differences in an in-season workout versus off-season. What What are some of the the general basic differences between the two?
5: For sure, uh, a big thing is going to be our volume. So, in off-season, you know, again, you know, that is the times where you're going to be sore. Um, we're going to expose you. We might bring you three to four days a week, um, based off the team. But in season, we're going to cut it down to two. And part of that is, again, it's, it's the volume. Um, we're trying to make sure that we're not trying to burn the wicks on both ends because you're getting all your volume from practice. And we've built the engine. So all we're doing, again, with the car analogy, we're just trying to rev your engine. So we're trying to make sure that you maintain the strength um, and not just maintain but get you stronger just in a slower method uh, throughout the season. Uh, What we don't want to do is not do anything. Uh, That's the worst thing that you can do Mm -hmm. as an athlete um, at any given point. So we're going to cut down the volume, but we might up the intensity or even up the speed in which you're doing uh, the movements, and that's solely based off the sport, uh, time of year, uh, whether it's track, and we're looking for a specific meet where we want to peak you, um, or let's say a lacrosse or field hockey where you just need to be on you know, once or twice every week, you know, for three months, you know, three to four months. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the main things that we really uh, make sure that we we um, we hammer, but also uh, we very much so value the mental health of our student athletes. So, you know, while, you know, sets and reps are obviously our thing, but we also want to make sure that we're uh, helping the athlete. Um, get through the season and have the lens to look through to constantly give their best, uh, whether they're with us or on the field.
0: Very important point, Greg, exactly. Um, let's step back a little here. You know, strength training conditioning has really exploded for the most part. Uh, and we talk about it, it's, it's, it's basically turned to a lifetime way of keeping your body uh in shape and and tuned uh to do different activities during your life when what what advice or what are some basic building blocks for say when you have the middle school age kids 11 12 13 year olds maybe get started how would you develop or what would be some things to do with that age group to get them started before they enter high school
5: that's a great question and um What I tell any parent um, who will listen or if they're listening to this right now, if your child is under the middle school age um, or even in the middle school age, two things. Let them play. Um, They need to play outside. Um, You know, they need to play as many sports as possible. Uh, The worst thing you could do for a child is make them specialize in one specific thing at a very young age. The brain is developing until you're 25 and 30. When you're in middle school, elementary school, it is highly imperative that you put the body through what we call complex motor patterns, right? Um, Me and you, you know, guys like us, we probably played tag outside. (laughs) You sure Um, did. You know, even I, you know, I was mostly the guy getting tagged. (laughs) You know, you're trying to... (laughs) You try to get through, you know, those small trees and small cracks. What we don't understand is you're actually helping the brain develop complex patterns to solve um, motor problems. Mm -hmm. And you need those things because it's going to help the brain-to-body connection, especially when they get older. Elite athletes can do certain things very well. One of the things that they can do is phenomenal things very often. And that does not come from you know, doing the same motion over and over and over again. I recommend any parent, you know, gymnastics, um, a martial art, you know, just Mm -hmm. something that they're going to move around and get to do because there's science and there is, um, a reason why kids, you know, play around so much. They're, they're learning, they're coming in contact with their environment and that becomes more and more, uh, important as they get older
0: would you say uh, greg that maybe uh, someone 12 13 year old age could have some exercises and if there was any kind of strength trainings so to speak it would be machine oriented
5: uh absolutely not Uh, i don't i don't think uh machines are necessary for younger ages um what they need to do is become in tune with their body. So they okay. can do the same things that uh, older, older adults could do, uh, whether that's squatting, uh, you know, we call hinging patterns like uh-huh. an RDL, push-ups, sit-ups. Um, but what you gotta also have to understand is, you know, you might be looking for muscles, um, but those come from the hormonal response you get as you go through puberty. Right. So the best thing you can do uh, from a weight room standpoint with a child is anything that involves them coming, overcoming any type of resistance while using their body. Okay. Um, I, I think machines are, are, are great um, when you're injured or if you have uh, something that you might need to specifically work on. Um, but at the end of the day, we're, we, want, we want to get our body to move as a unit um, as much as possible. Uh, and unfortunately, with machines uh, the movement is you know the machine moves for you, mm-hmm. so it 's not much task in in that um, so i would I would recommend okay. body weight uh, going through different patterns, calisthenics um, weight weight training is absolutely fine for a child. Um. With it, of course, within reason. Right. Of course. Um, just under, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have too many kids. You know, trying to squat three fifteen. No. No. But, no. Yeah. But understanding but, the I mean, basics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you you can teach you could teach your kids how to do everything, they can, you know, do exactly what you know. Let's say the parent is doing. Um. Just obviously not the same way and possibly not the same intensity. It's what they can handle, and proper technique is it will take them a very long way through life. Okay.
0: You being at Hood uh, and in like where you are right now, Greg, would, do you mm-hmm. have some ideas as far as the future is concerned as what you may l- like to see uh, take place at
5: Hood in, in your area? Absolutely. Um, I want Hood to be the sports hub for strength and conditioning um, in Frederick County. That is 100% my goal. Um, I have a great um, athletic director. I, have an, I don't care what anybody says. I have the absolute best um, athletic training staff um, in the East Coast. Uh, I think we have the capacity to do that. We just have to have a vision and slowly build it, um, but that is 100% my goal um, when it comes to strength and conditioning. Physical education, uh, I would like to add more class is not just about mental health but also self-defense okay. I think that's imperative especially in our day and age but I want I want people no matter what school they go to um, I want them to come to hood and say wow uh, I wish my school looked like this okay you know um, that's that's that is my goal for the strength and conditioning department of hood.
0: well we certainly were we'll, we'll pulling for you there Greg as with time as always gets away from us and we're starting to wind down. Your advice, uh, I know it's hard to answer uh, the question completely, but we use <clears throat> strength training and conditioning can be used by every age group and it's very, very helpful. What are some basic guidelines for? To quote the general public for somebody who's looking to maintain a certain level of fitness. And this could be one, uh, portion of doing that.
5: Absolutely. So we've been talking about a lot about weights. One thing I would tell anybody, um, find the cardio that works best for you and 30, 45 minutes, slow cardio. If you look at any athlete, the athlete that has the longest lifespan is the athlete that does endurance training. Okay. Uh second thing I would say is when it comes to uh weight training, run your own race, mm-hmm. work the entire body, um make sure you have the technique down. I highly recommend uh finding a personal trainer if you don't know. Right. Um TikTok's okay. awesome but start where you need to start in your race. Again, it is not about doing the best workout. It's about starting, getting better every day at your pace in which you can recover from. Do not be discouraged. Um, Just go in every day and try to be better um, in the movement, and then the weight comes after. That is the number one thing. How
0: would would you break down the... Amount of exercise per you know take the cardio and the strength training. What what would be a plan a general plan for someone uh, you know to 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 do each week?
5: For sure, I say find yourself. uh, If you have two days a week, you could start off there. Uh, One day could be lower. One day can be upper. Okay. Um, I would say select about four to five uh, uh, movements whether that's a squat, a glue bridge, you know, a machine that you like, some core. Okay. Um, you do, you can do that about 30, 45 minutes, start off low reps, uh, low sets, work your way up after about three to four weeks, every fourth week take time to lower the volume that you're doing. If you do that for about three to six months, then you could do three days. Okay. So more time passes, three to six months, you can add yourself, you know, four days or five days or what have you, but you need to give the body time to adapt to whatever you do. So that's, that's my biggest thing. Do not try to go into the gym for five hours, you know, with your Rocky music, <laughs> you know, just yeah, four to five, you know, it motion is lotion and it's all about dosage. So you know, if you ta- if you have a headache, you take one Tylenol just enough to get better. Right. You don't take 12. Correct. You, so, it, strength training and conditioning is the same way. It's something we call diminished returns. You know, right. the American way is to go as hard as possible. It's it's just about doing just enough every day to get better.
0: This has been very informative, and I want to thank you for taking the time today. Uh, Hood College is very fortunate to have you on staff and we're here in Frederick County are glad you're there and what you have looking for the future sounds exactly what is necessary I want to wish you the best of luck at Hood um, we may do a game or two on the air this year I hope I get a chance to meet you but thank you again for taking the time and good luck to you sir
5: Steve thank you very much for having me you have a blessed
0: day indeed you've been listening to the ferry county weekend sports show here on 9 30 wfmd i'm your host steve nibs and we'll see you next week past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com
3: have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events some fans seem angry they lack civility toward one another some even get aggressive and unruly Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons, like perseverance, respect, and empathy, so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So, fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in Maryland.
5: This message presented by the MPSSAA and the Maryland State Athletic Directors Association.
0: News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 12 o'clock.